All right, well, some great worship this morning, and uh, just give a hand to our band. They do such a great job, our worship team, every week, um, just uh, bringing that passion, bringing that joy for worship. It's so awesome to be together on this day today, too, and it doesn't feel sometimes like, uh, like fo- football Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday is like a national holiday. It kind of has this, this feel. It's this nice break in the winter. There's an excitement in the air, and whether you're a football fan or not, you, it's hard not to kind of get caught up in it. And, uh, and, and I don't know, some of you, I know, you're more fans of the commercials than the game. I get it. Some of you are you're bigger Ohio State fans, but you, they don't play in the Super Bowl, I mean, right? Although sometimes a lot of our players do, former players do. Um, but it is, it's a fun Sunday. And what I love about, about Super Bowl Sunday is just this idea of what comes together, what it takes to get to that point. Really, in any, in any league, in any championship, what it takes to get there. And so it's a great Sunday for us uh, as a church. I like to, as a pastor, think about that in terms of what about us? What about us as a church? How do we get in the game? What is it that we're called to? What is our Super Bowl? What does it look like for us to win? When I think about the teams that are, that are playing, you got the Chiefs and you got the Niners. They want to do one thing. They want to lift the Lombardi trophy, right? When you see this, right, that's one of the most iconic trophies, and it's the, they're, they're fighting for it. That is their goal. They have such a clear goal to win. And this Lombardi trophy is named after Vince Lombardi. Any Green Bay Packers fans in the house, right? Okay, two of you. Uh, That's great. (laughs) Any of you big Green Bay Packers fans back in the 1960s when Vince Lombardi, right, they won five championships, won Super Bowl one and two. But anyway, just this this great honor for this man. But when you you think about... um, the Super Bowl, when you think about trophies, you think about winning, or you know what you need to do to get there. There's the goal, there's the end. But in life, we don't really get a lot of trophies. And I wish that in life sometimes it was easier to know what does it look like for me to win? How do I know that I get a trophy? Now today, I brought a trophy, and it is this, this trophy right here. It is not an actual gold, um, what, would this be the Oscars? or Is that what they are? It's not the Oscars. Actually, it's a, it's a replica Oscar here, but it says Lifetime Achievement Award. And this was actually received by my daughter this past week, Kira, right here. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how you can be 17 years old and get a Lifetime Achievement Award. You're done. I mean, you can, <laughs> congratulations. Um, she, but I guess if you're graduating high school, she's a senior in high school, and for four years of helping and being really involved with the AP uh, history, program. You uh, were acknowledged by surprise by the teacher for her work. And she actually said this the first time they gave it out and, and said so they might even rename it um, after her, the Kira Krenz Lifetime Achievement Award. So, I mean, that is an honor. Yeah, that's, that's very good. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, but I, I wish that in, in life that we had more opportunities to receive a trophy to know, did we win? Did we accomplish it? Like, wouldn't it be nice to get a trophy like from your wife to be like, Mark, I present this to you as a Lifetime Achievement Award for being an amazing husband. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Or vice versa, you know, to give that. Wouldn't that be nice to, to get that from your spouse? No, man, I, I, I get a trophy. Well, trophy wife. is Where does that come from? I don't even But um, I'm, I have one. That's great. Um, but we think about it. how do you know in different times in life that you have accomplished it, that you have reached it, that you have achieved it? How do kids know that they're the kind of, you know, son or daughter that we just would love to have? Or, you know, they're winning. They get the, they get the prize. You know, sometimes at work you get a medal or maybe, or like a, I mean, maybe like a plaque or an award and, and it signifies some achievement and that's always nice to know. But what about like in your health? When was the last time you went to the doctor and the doctor was like, oh, 
You get a trophy for this last year on your annual checkup. You did it. I mean, this is great. You hit all the marks. You get a trophy. And we have, you know, how do we know? How do we know if we get a trophy in our finances? How do we know if we get a trophy? What about in our faith? I mean, I remember when I was in Sunday school as a kid, we used to get like, you know, little stars that you put on the attendance map. And you'd know, like, if you reach that, maybe you get a little award. But how do we know? Do you get a trophy if you did your devotionals, you know, every day this last week? Or what if you read through the Bible in a year? Do you get a trophy? How do we know in our faith? How do we know in, in, as a church? How do I know as, as leading this church do, do, that, that we have a final, that we reach the championship? What does it look like to win? And sometimes it is. It's just harder in life because it doesn't seem like we have these clear seasons, right? The season doesn't necessarily end and then you get a, an off season. Life just keeps going, right? You don't ever get an off season in so much of our life. And so it just keeps going and we don't know. Are we winning? What are we supposed to be doing? We don't always know, but in football... And in sports, you know, you have these clear boundaries. You know what, it, you know, you know the rules. You know what's in. You know what's out. You have W's and L's. You know wins and losses. You can win championships, and you know it. And so, sports, while it's so different than life, I think they really are a great metaphor. They really are so many things as we look at sports that we can learn and that we can look at our own lives and say. What are some parallels there, and, and how can we look at that? And so today, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about getting in the game. How do we get in the game? What does it look like for us to be in this game of life, in this game that, 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 that we live every day? What does it look like as a church to win and to move forward? And so today I want to take a little bit of time. It's going to look a little different than maybe some Sundays. So if you're here today, maybe for the first time or newer, you're going to hear more about our church and what we're doing. But I also want to look at God's word and to say, what is it that we're to be about? And then what does it look like for you to get in the game, for us together to do what God has called us to do? So when we look in the Bible, and if you flip through the pages, you don't see a lot of analogies about sports teams. Of course, no scriptures about the NFL or about, about modern sports. You know, it's, it's not kind of where you go to, to understand maybe sports. You don't look at it in that way. But yet, there was athleticism and sporting events all throughout in the first century and and in those different times, of course, you know one of the most famous games that we still exist today, a little different as the modern Olympics, but it's the Olympics, right? I mean, they had competitions, they had races, they had, they had chariot races, they had um, all kinds of competitions, gladiatorial competitions. Sport was out there. There were different types of uh, competitions, and one of the, one of the uh, ones that was out there that I wonder if Paul was watching, the Apostle Paul, who wrote, um, you know, uh, so much of our, our New Testament, and he's writing to churches. Now, I wonder if he was at one of these events or thought about one of these events called the Isthmian Games. The Isthmian Games, and they were played on the Isthmus of Corinth. And so they were played in Greece, and they were, like, they were held every two years, and they were a lot like the Olympic competitions. And I wonder if as he was watching those, he was thinking about the churches he was leading. He was thinking about the followers of Jesus and in their walk of life and faith. And he thought, you know what? This makes a great analogy. And so he writes to the Corinthian church. And we look at 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, verses 24 to 27. Here's what he writes. He says, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. 
I think if Paul was writing today, he might use some analogy from the Super Bowl or for some competition saying, there's things we can learn, there's things that we can see there that are a parallel in life. And he says, if we're doing this for, for competitions where the prize fades away, how much more should we do this in our faith? How much more should we, we be engaged? And I see in here a couple things that Paul says. The one thing he tells us to do is to run to win. To run to win, to win the prize, to say, I'm in this and I want to win. And I think about our faith and I think about life and I'm saying, are we running to win? But again, it's harder to know what is the win? What, is it, what does it look like? Man, in football, it's easy. Yeah, you got to win your, not easy to do, but easy to know. I got to win, I got to win my division and then we got to win the conference, right? I got to make it to the, the, the Super Bowl. I gotta, these, are the, these are the steps. There's, there's things I got to do. But in life, Sometimes it's hard when there's no finish line to know what to do, and so it's kind of like a drudgery. Maybe you're just going through it and saying, I don't know if I'm winning, if I'm losing. But Paul says, run to win. Have some purpose in, in what you do. Don't just, don't just kind of drag along. And I think about running, though. Unfortunately, I wish there was more team sports here because I'm not a big fan of running. I do some running. Anyone else not a fan of running? Let's hear it for the not a fans of running. Yeah. Rhino runners, you always say, you know, you, you cheer something. Well, I want, this was for the not runners for today. But <laughs> I always say I can't get to the runners high because I can't get past the runners low. You know what I mean? <laughs> like those first couple of miles, like my max is usually like a 5K if I can do that. And it's, but there's something about, when I think about it in life, and Paul's looking saying, why should we just go through life drudging and running like, uh, i got to read my Bible. Church Sunday, uh. I wish I could just stay home. Why do I got to go? Can we, just, can we just phone it in? Or can we just go online today? I just want to stay home. I mean, I just I got to serve people. Oh. <laughs> Am I on the schedule today for serving on the serving team? Oh, man. You know, all these different things. How do we look at that? Oh, I gotta, it's time to give. I want to give to the church. I'm so tired of giving. I want this money for myself. We're not running to win. There's a drudgery. There's no life in that. There's no joy in that. There's, we're missing the purpose. And sometimes we go through our life in faith like that. And he's saying, no, run. Run to win a prize. Go for it. Go after it so that you can enjoy it, that you can see the purpose behind what you're doing. So you might say, well, what's the prize? I mean, there's lots of prizes, things we win along the way in our life of faith, the rewards that come. But it's interesting that Paul, at the end of his life, he's reflecting back. He, he's nearing. He knows there's not much time left, and he's reflecting back over his life. And he's starting to see eternity in perspective that, is where, that his life will end soon. And he's writing to Timothy, a young pastor that he's developing and training. And we read this in this, in this letter in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4. It says this, I have fought the good fight, Paul is writing. He said, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And this prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. We have a prize. We have a prize. It's not just the trophy, right? It's not just the Lombardi trophy. Like when a team lifts up this trophy and, and they cheered. We have a picture. Well, you saw it earlier. But, you know, like this moment, right, where they're holding this trophy and, and there's a moment. There, this is reminding us there is a day coming where we will lift the prize, where we will lift the trophy, where we will receive a crown. It's not just for Paul. It's for everyone who believes. And it's this crown of righteousness, this crown of right living. The Bible says, right, that we want to have Jesus say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. 
right? That's about running the race. That's about a, a longevity in that. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. But we run in such a way to, to continue to, to give life to Christ. As the Bible says, and as Jesus said, it's living life to the fullest in Christ. John 10.10, 10, it's where our mission comes from as a church, that we want to live that kind of life. But he also doesn't just say run to win. He says run with purpose. Run with purpose in every step. And he uses those analogies of discipline and training, words that we don't really like. Talked about that last week, right? Like self-control and, and discipline and training. But he says, look, I don't just want to pretend, go through the motions, shadow boxing. He says, I really want to prepare myself every day for what God has in front of me. I want to face each day. I don't want to be disqualified. I don't want to be one who talks about it and tells others and then find myself disqualified. No, he says, I want to do this with purpose. I don't want to get distracted by the things around us. And there are so many distractions that we face. But we want to run with purpose. One of the great stories of, of the Super Bowl is the story of Brock Purdy, the, the San Francisco 49ers quarterback. Have you followed it all along with some of his, his story? Brock Purdy, you know what they call him? Mr. Irrelevant. How would you like to have that title? Mr. Irrelevant. You know why he's called Mr. Irrelevant? Because he was picked dead last in the 2022 draft. The last pick. Now, I don't know, any of you guys play fantasy football at all, right? If you ever do like a, a drafting in the fantasy football, the last rounds, everyone's like, I have no idea who these people are. Just fill my roster with it. They're not going to make a difference. It, I, that's probably what it feels like in the NFL, too. By the time you get to the end, these people don't probably have a lot of opportunity. He was Mr. Irrelevant last in the draft. Do you know that he was one of the MVP candidates this year? In two years. In two years, what happened? But see, he's also a man of faith. And as we follow some of his story and, and what has gone through, like his, his Twitter, formerly Twitter, now X uh, account, says this. This is what he has there. He's got Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for men knowing where you'll get your reward and receive that inheritance. And even in, in such a spotlight focus in the NFL and now at Super Bowl Sunday, to have this grounding in his faith to understand what is important. Yes, we go for the, we go for the Lombardi Trophy. We want to win the championship. But he understands there's more to it in life. There's a bigger prize. There's more to play for. Here are a couple things. You know, he's, he's always quick to, to acknowledge his faith and to give God uh, honor. And he was recently asked, um, you know, some questions, and he says, it's a, he says, it's just a testament to God and where he's taken me in life. And then he says this, I've never been the biggest, the fastest, the strongest, or any of that. I feel like I've always had to sort of fight for what I get and work for what I get. But God's always given me an opportunity. He sees the opportunities, even if he hasn't won the trophies, even if he hasn't had all the, the you know, maybe the advantages that he feels like others might have. God's given him an opportunity, he says, in high school, in college, in the NFL. But then he went on to say, getting drafted last, people overlook you. And he goes on to say, and then all you need is an opportunity. And watch and see what God does. I put my faith and trust in him, and he's gotten me where I'm at. So as we watch it, yeah, I mean, what a beautiful testimony. He's not afraid. On the biggest stage in our country, he's not afraid to give honor to God, and sometimes we shy away. But he runs with purpose. He runs with intentionality. He says, I understand there's more to life than this. And I would just say to us, run to win. Run with purpose in our faith. Do we put that kind of energy, do we put that kind of effort into it? And to really see, God, I want to be honorable to you. I want to live in the way that I would run to win the prize. 
So I think about that as individually, but I think about us as a church. And I want to spend a little bit of time now shifting gears and saying, what does it look like for us as a church? How do we run to win? How do we run with purpose in every step? Because what we do is very important, and there's a lot of intentionality in how we lead and how we, how we pursue what God has for us. Two things that drive us all the time are the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. The Great Commission is go into all the world and make disciples. That's Jesus saying, go and do that. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey my commandments. And lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. God promises to be with us, but he says, go and make disciples. And the great, the, the great commandment, love God and love others. Love your neighbors yourself, that we are to have this position of loving God and loving others. As a church, when we, we put that all together, we say our mission is to help people experience life to the fullest in Christ. And we help them doing that by belonging, believing, and becoming. That this is what it's about, is how do we create community, how do we grow in faith, and how do we live that out? And so everything we do revolves around those pieces, and, and that's the, what undergirds the purpose, the intentionality, that we want to see lives changed, your life changed, my life changed, your friends' lives changed, transformed, becoming followers of Jesus, having purpose in what we do. And so that's what we commit ourselves to. That's why we gather. That's why we prepare each and every week so that God would grow us and transform us. And amidst that foundation and that purpose, we have different focuses that we have from, from time to time. And our vision right now is our renew vision. We have a vision to renew the church. We've been in this now since, 20, uh, since 2022. We launched it in November. So really last year was our first full year of renewing. And it comes out of that Isaiah passage that God says, I'm doing a new thing. And I want to remind you of this as we, just looking at some of the progress that we have and some of what's to come as we look at this vision to renew. What's our purpose? What's our win? Remember, we had three focuses for the renew initiative that we're, that we're in the middle of. And so there's three parts here. Renewing our hearts for the Lord was the first one. Renew our hearts for the Lord. The second is to renew our, our, our passion for the lost. And the third is to renew our church inside and out. And we're looking at that saying for the next, you know, for these three years from 23, uh, 24, and 25, this is our focus. This is how we want to really see God do something big among us. I want to talk briefly about each of these, just to give us a little bit of an insight of what God has been doing. So with our renewing our hearts for the Lord, it's so cool, beginning with our Renew Sunday back in November of 2022 till now, we've had 22 baptisms. 22 baptisms in that time. That is awesome. Just a little bit over a year. And it's just a sign. That is one of those moments where we get a glimpse to see publicly what God is doing in so many of us privately, it, that God is doing that. And so we step forward and we celebrate this new life of being raised to new life in Christ. We have another baptism that we, that we want to celebrate coming up on Easter. And so if you have made a decision to follow Christ, or if you've never been baptized and this is the moment, talk to us. Coming up here in Easter, we want to celebrate that God is renewing our hearts that we're focusing on him. And so even in this next season now, and we've been doing some different journals, Kyle mentioned next week we'll give, give you a journal for Lent so that, that during the season leading up to Easter, you can dive into to Scripture. We have a new series that we're starting, and it's really an opportunity to watch The Chosen, to do these different things that we do that really help us grow and to renew our hearts for the Lord so that, that there comes a strength in us. And it's been awesome to see the passion in worship and in, and in, our, in our growth. 
But it's also what I'm excited about in this is also a time now this year for me to have an opportunity to renew my heart with a sabbatical that's going to be coming up. And I know we mentioned it uh, last year, and we've been working on that. And, and this morning, as part of this renew um, process, I've asked Jeff Hattie, or Jeff Hattie, I actually wanted to share with you this morning. Jeff, where are you? Come on up, Jeff. Jeff. There he is. Hey, Jeff. Come on up. Jeff Hattie is our advisory council chair. Of, uh, our advisory council leads our church. Jeff, give us just a moment um, of what you want to share this morning okay. regarding the sabbatical. You bet. So, uh, don't leave, Mark. Go ahead and stay up here, please. Please. I don't want to be up here by myself. Well, thank you very much. I yes, accept it. This is for you. Give a professor uh, the stage and a mic. And I better stay me, up here. You might, All right. Yeah, I'll, 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 here, I'm going to hold that. Yeah. No, actually, <laughs> if your family would come up here too real quick. So oh, as well, they're coming up. Uh, one's you know, behind the camera. So um, she's... Yeah, we'll let her off the hook. <laughs> um, you know, as Mark said, we did approve a sabbatical for Mark last year as a church. And, um, you know, Mark has provided incredible leadership, he and his family, through a transition time when we think about the structure of the church as well as then taking us right into COVID and uh, then through the renew process. So it's been a very challenging period of leadership for anybody. And um, so as, as mentioned, unfortunately, Mark was not approved for the, his proposal was not approved, but we as a church believe that it's very important at this time that Mark has that opportunity. And just a reminder as a church body that a sabbatical is a biblical thing. It's the fourth commandment, right? Mm. Keep the Sabbath holy. Uh, we see that Christ and Moses took periods of time for, for, to get away and, and away from those daily um, requirements of leadership. And we know that Christ frequently took periods to, to get, a, get alone and spend time with God. So we know that this is a, a biblical thing. So again, um, although, although Lily did not fund Mark's sabbatical, we as a church believe it's an important time for him to, to step away from the day-to-day -day leadership of the church and have this sabbatical period, a time to focus on other things rather than the daily, uh, daily requirements of, of operating and, and serving in the leadership role of an organization like this church body. And it's a period for him to refresh and renew and re-energize. And so, um, so it's a period of time for Mark to seek God's direction for himself, for his family, and for Meadow Park as a church and where, um, where God's directing him as a leader of this body to take us after we uh, complete the, the renew window that we put on there, but it's really a renewal period. So I just brought your family up here because I just want to uh, pray real quick oh, if, I, yes, if I could, Mark. Yeah. Um, and so, Father, we just come to you this morning with thankfulness for bringing Mark as, our, as the leader you've called for this period and his family. And we just thank you uh, for their service, for the love that they've um, shared uh, with, with this body of believers. Father, we just uh, pray that, that you would use this season of time as Mark steps away, that it would be a period of renewal and refreshment uh, for he and his family as he seeks your face in leading both his family and this church body in the next stages. And we pray these things in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. 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 All right. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, family. <laughs> well, 
I do appreciate and am so grateful for the opportunity that the board is allowing me to have this time of sabbatical after seven years of leadership here. And uh, that sabbatical will begin after Easter. Um, the, I'll be one week after Easter, I'll still be here, and then it'll be through the summer at that point. And so we're, gonna, we're planning for a tremendous Sunday still here and teaching and preaching from our team and from uh, from some uh, guests as well, but it's really a time for me to do some of that recharging and refocusing, being inspired by other pastors and ministries and different environments, travel, time with family, and so I really uh, do appreciate the generosity of the congregation to grant me this time, and I look forward to coming back because I believe God has called us to so much more than just where we are in our Renew initiative, but that, that's really setting us up for what God wants to do next, and, and I pray for God to guide through that time. So thank you for your prayers. Still a few weeks away, but wanted to get you a chance to know about that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So we want to renew our hearts for the Lord, and that's one way that I get to do that alongside all of us. And the other, then, as we move along, the renewing our passion to reach the lost. One of the cool things is that over the last 18 months, from year over year, we have continued to see growth in our congregation, anywhere from 10 to 20% growth during that time, which is just a reminder that, that God has continued to bring new people, new families, God is renewing, and this passion that we need to really set our sights beyond just what's happening here in our walls, but how do we reach those that don't know Christ? And I believe this, this is still an area where we need to continue to grow and to really ask God to guide us into, into the stage. But one of the ways that we do that through this Renew process is to set our sights beyond our church as well, is with each phase of our Renew initiative for the building, we've been committing dollars out to flow out of here to other organizations as part of that. And so here's uh, four of the organizations that we've been able to support already through the Renew initiative. The Refuge, which is helping with uh, those recovering and coming out of, uh, you know, recovering from addiction and, and finding that next uh, hope in life. We've been able to support them. They're here in Ohio. Um, we've got Heart to Honduras, a tremendous partner of ours where we've been helping with community development and sending teams down to do that. And then Trellis and Intern Academy are two organizations that are helping with next generation leadership development for the church, training young pastors and leaders and next generation leaders, which is so important. And so as a church, we've been able to help with those pieces. But as we look forward to, God, how are we renewing our passion for the lost? One of the big things you have coming up is the opportunity with Easter to invite a neighbor, to invite a friend, to invite a coworker, a classmate, a teammate, someone that you say, come to church with me on Easter. It's just a great opportunity for us to, to pour in and, 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 a, and a week where we can really focus in on that. And now I want to just take a few moments to talk about our renewing of our church inside and out. Because this is, again, we're, we're intentionality and all these things and purpose. And, and so as we, as we look at this, and, and we, uh, this has been the, the money we've been raising for the congregation and so for the renewal. And so when we look at that, to date we have raised $583,500 that has come for this. It's incredible. Over half a million dollars already towards our $870,000 goal that we had set. And we've already been able to move through phases one and two and into phase three. And so you know the, the transformation that's happened in this space already. So we've got some, I think we have some pictures maybe here of, of some of what we've done. Um, you know, obviously you're in the space, but we also have seen the, uh, the, the, the bathroom renewal. You guys are probably like that. Um, the, the parking lot has been re renewed, and that's been an awesome thing. And then with phase three now, we've done the, uh, started doing the hallways and the entry in the children's center, which is right behind the worship center here. So that's beginning phase three. So moving forward, we want to continue with phase three, the children's center. 
And in the Children's Center, that's, the, that's the, the, the center we have five days a week here, Monday through Friday, about 100 kids from, uh, from, from babies all the way through school-agers that we serve, a center that's existed for over 50 years here, and it's time that we refresh that. And so the, this phase has allowed us to begin that process, but we're also doing an additional $100,000 fundraiser because we felt like we just need to go through and finish that wing up because it's, it's so hard to disrupt classes time and again. And so that's uh, some of the additional fundraising we're doing. So if you're interested in that, um, talk to me about that. But we want to try to finish that, uh, that, that wing as part of phase three. Now I also have some, an, an interesting piece of news that I think you, it's weird that we would get excited about this, but if you've been around Meadow Park for a while, you would get excited about this. Um, we have tried to hold off on replacing the roof as long as we could. We thought we could make it through uh, this renew phase with some things. But alas, the weather has won. We are yielding and beginning this coming week, we are putting a new roof on our, on our church. <laughs> I know, it's weird. Some of you guys are new here going, wow, I never thought I'd see people get that excited about a new roof. But, um, but before we really want to do some of the other pieces in here, we want to address that. We, don't, we are not taking any resources from the dollars that have been given to Renew. We are grateful and blessed that God has given us the resources in our reserves, that we are able to do that without impacting our Renew giving so that we can keep that on pace and just add this to the whole momentum of what God is doing. So get ready over the next few weeks to see a new roof on this place. And because of that, we're also modifying what we're doing with phases four and five, um, which address some stuff inside and some stuff outside to just be able to take care of some of the exterior of the building as we're doing the roof. We're going to do some repainting and restuccoing and some of those pieces. And the good news is because you have given so faithfully uh, to Renew, we'll be able to do all of this debt-free. We have the cash to be able to do that because of your generosity. That is uh, unbelievable. That is, that is unbelievable. So thank you. Thank you for that. Because it is just such an important piece about this whole part of renewing is that this is a tool, this is a ministry for us and what we do to the, for the community, for the children, for all the programs that happen here. We want this to be a place that has a presence here on Bethel uh, in, in Columbus for many years and we're, this renewal is, is doing all of that. So renewing our church inside and out, lots of great things happening uh, with, each progressive, with each progressive phase. So when I think about all this and say, okay, what is our role in this? What is our part in this? I want to uh, put a quote here from Vince Lombardi, who we just mentioned earlier. Here's what he said. He says, the achievements of an organization are the results of the combined effort of each individual. People who work together will win, whether it be against complex football defenses or the problems of modern society. Individual commitment to a group effort, that is what makes a team work, a company work, a society work, a civilization work, and I would add a church work, a congregation work, individual commitment to a group effort. People who work together will win. And I love that we can celebrate the victories and the wins that we have. And even just through these phases of renew and these benchmarks and these milestones that we're hitting, those are moments we celebrate. But what does it look like to work together? And I think it just comes down to two simple but challenging things that you do so well, but I want to continue to remind us of. It's giving and serving. Giving and serving are two ways that you commit to the work of what Jesus Christ is doing through our church. 
When we give, right, we give to, to, to invest in the mission. And I just want to quickly go through a couple of pieces here from the last year. We've closed out our books for the previous year. And so I just want you to see, this is just looking at the portion that is contributed and given by you, Meadow Park alone. And it blows me away when I share these numbers with you. So then first we have our ministry fund. You've given 733000 plus to our ministry fund. That's what makes all the operations week in, week out, all of our regular budgets and lights and staffing and ministries and outreach, all that stuff happens through this fund, and you've committed that in this past year. And then we have our capital improvement fund, nearly 30000 That's stuff like when a, when a you know, boiler goes for $10,000, $20,000, or an HVAC unit, or repairs that are just ongoing. Some of you give additionally to, for that. Then we also have next here, we have missions, nearly $18,000. This is just money that flows through us directly to our missions partners that is given above and beyond our other giving to Heart to Honduras and Heart for Lebanon and Children of Promise. Then we've got our dollar club. So any loose dollars that you put in, uh, we are used as a benevolence fund for those in need, whether in our congregation or in the community. Needs come up, people need help, need some assistance in a time of need, and we're able to help because of the dollar club giving that you do. And that adds up and allows us to, to continue to help in different ways. And then there's other giving that includes some designated giving, some different funds uh, that, that, that come in the course of the year. And then just the Renew Initiative, that was just last year, 228000 That was part of that bigger uh, half a million dollar plus total. So in total, you gave over a million dollars last year. Meadow Park, you get a trophy! <laughs> If I could give each of you an individual award and a way of saying thank you for your generosity, you are an incredibly generous congregation. And that's what is allowing us to do the things we're doing and to stay debt-free as a church and to continue to, to, to innovate and to move forward and to do the things that God is calling us to do. So thank you for that. That's what it means to be part of the team. And I just encourage you that when you give, think about these different pieces and, and just thank you for that generosity as you're thinking about your giving for this coming year. And then the other part I said is about serving. And serving is really, again, another way of being part of the team personally, invested in what God has is, is given you. I want you to take a quick look at this, uh, uh, this video of some folks that are serving in our church and just what it looks like from an individual perspective to contribute to what God is doing. What I've grown to love is being able to serve together. It's an amazing thing. I never thought that we would live this life and it's so fulfilling. One of the ministries that I serve on that I initially didn't think I was going to enjoy but do is the mowing team. It just makes you feel so happy that you're making such an impact on the kids. You don't have to go out of your comfort zone too far to be able to serve God in just a small way to make a large impact. I have been a uh, volunteer at MEMAP, which is the food bank that our church sponsors, and I've been a, a volunteer there for about four years. I think as soon as I retired, I started the next month there. I guess because of my mom and the examples that she showed me in serving, I guess that's why I also maybe have a, a servant's heart, and I do hope that I can be a light for God in this when I do. Um, serve at the food pantry or serve here at church. I try to also um, be kind to people no matter where I am. If it's at the grocery store, the gas station, taking the dog for a walk, I just try to always think that maybe my smile was the only smile that they might get that day. 
One of the ministries that I serve on that I initially didn't think I was gonna enjoy but do is the mowing team. As I've been doing it the past couple years, it's nice being able to go out and make the, the grounds look appealing, look nice. You know, a lot of the work I do is in computers, so you can't always see the the output of what you see, but you know, something as simple as mowing the lawn, you can turn it from something that doesn't look super great into something beautiful. My favorite serving moment was our first, the churches left the building when we went to the laundromat. I love that because I was able to include my kids who were five and 11 at the time. So to see them share the love of just taking care of people and the love of Christ is really great. My first time going to the laundromat, I was really worried about talking to people. I didn't know if they would get mad at me. I, I was afraid that they were going to want me to pray and I didn't know how to at the time, uh, but God just, he made me feel comfortable. You know, he sends us the Holy Spirit to give us the words that we need. Plus I had a good team and now if somebody needed me to pray with them, I wouldn't have a problem at all. Serving others, especially the kids, has always been part of my life. A specific moment would be when a kid just comes up and just smiles at you and just says, Hey, Miss Sarah, how are you? And I'll be like, Oh, hi, how are you? And just says, Sarah, I learned this this week about, uh, about the Bible. And Sarah, I did this with a friend today and I told him about Jesus. And it just makes you feel so happy that you're making such an impact on the kids. God has placed us in each other's lives to help each other, to help each other, to encourage each other, to lift each other, and to point each other towards Christ. Because all of that, you know, works together. God uses all of it, all of it to work together for His purpose. And that's spreading His kingdom through each of our lives together. I want to give a trophy to every single one of you who serves, who gives faithfully each and every, every week. And I think it takes, on an, on an average week, about 130 people, just about 130 people serving in different roles throughout this church that you do out of your generosity, of your time, and of your passion, and of your vision for what God is calling us to. And I just wanted to highlight a couple of ministries before we come to draw to a close here that you'll have an opportunity. We'll have some tables actually over in our, uh, at, the, at the tailgate party for these a few ministries where there is just some, some definite opportunities to serve and to jump in right now. And one of those is, uh, is our MPC kids. It's our ministry to the children. You heard Sarah talking about that. And I just would encourage you, if you have one Sunday a month, if you can 12 times a year, if you can say, I can commit to that morning to be a bright light in that kid's life, to share whatever and serve however I'm needed and be trained, step into that role. We need you for this next generation. There's nothing better that we can do than to invest into those kids in the next generation. Or maybe it's uh, another opportunity that we have is through our prayer team or through connections. People are, there are people that are praying during each service here. And maybe God has just put that passion in your heart to, to be someone who said, I can pray. I can pray with people, or maybe I can just pray on my own during a service for what God would do through the lives that are here. Come and let us know that that is something you're interested in or have questions about our prayer team and our connections. We've got production and communications is another area. So much technological stuff that goes into what we do to share the hope of Christ through, through online, through in the house. And so if you are interested in working cameras or editing videos or, uh, you know, or engineering sound or doing the productions or the things on the screen, we can either turn 
train you or you can bring those skills, let us know. Talk to us about the com uh, production and communication team. You heard uh, Ed talking about cutting the grass, but there's also many other things that have to do with our buildings and our grounds. So many things that some of you are just handy at, you're good at doing, or you have an eye for landscaping, or would love to come and spend an hour or two and just help with some of the flower beds or the, the landscaping. We do that all as a, as a body, as a congregation, and that's a great way for you to be able to use those gifts and to help us out. So let us know for that, the building and grounds team. And then finally, the one other one I, I want to mention today, even though there are others, is the Honduras missions team. We've made a commitment to invest in these communities for, called Communities of Holistic Impact for a 10-year process of just pouring into these communities. We have a new partnership with a community called La Cañada, and we're sending a team on the first week of June. You've been hearing some about that. It is now time to sign up and to say, I'm going to take that step. I want to be part of a team that goes and does that on behalf of Meadow Park, and we send you together. Would you come and have a conversation? There'll be a table available for you as well. This is the time to sign up. As we close out, I just uh, think about, you know, when you see the football games and you watch these, you know, these, these huge uh, games that are televised, and you see these stadiums, you see a stadium just, I mean, we're not going to see that today. I know that's what you guys want to see. But, I mean, a crowd that is just cheering on these, these players that are out there and so much of what we do in our daily lives, there's not, you don't have a crowd cheering you on as husband and wife or mom and dad or as, as employee. When we think about our faith, there's maybe, it feels like, I don't know, is anybody cheering me on as I'm reading my Bible, as I'm praying, as I'm serving a neighbor? Is anyone there to cheer me on? Maybe you're out there, maybe like Ed, he's out there cutting grass on the lawnmower in the middle of the week, you know, riding around. There's not a big crowd cheering that on. Why do we do it? But I want you to know there is a crowd cheering you on and that we are being cheered on. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I want to end with this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. There's a crowd of witnesses cheering us on in the life of faith saying, you can do it, you got it, go, I'm with you, God is with you. He's cheering you on, he's saying, don't give up, continue the fight, you're in it. Run in such a way as to win the prize. Run with purpose in every step. Do that in your daily life. Let's do that as a church. God, what have you called us to? Let us be about that. Let us give generously. Let us serve faithfully. Let us love one another so that we can show the world something different, a picture of the kingdom of God, of what that looks like. And there's a crowd of witness cheering us on. You may never play in a Super Bowl or have a, a first place trophy. I don't think I've ever won first place in any team sport I've ever been a part of. Isn't that sad? But yeah, life goes on because that's a, that's a crown that fades away. But there is a trophy and there is victory that goes beyond that. And that's what we are committed to. And I'm so glad to be able to be your coach, <laughs> to be able to be part of this team that is called Meadow Park and to pursue what God has for us. I'm so excited for where he's brought us to and I'm so excited for where we're heading. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for a day like this that we can come together and we can celebrate, God, what it looks like to be your people to be your team, to be your body as the Bible talks about it, each doing what you've called us to, contributing what we can together to accomplish way more than any of us can ever do alone. 
And Father, I thank you for the history of this church that has so faithfully served for so many years in this community in so many ways. And Father, in this new day and in the years to come, God, continue to stir in us a fresh vision, a passion, God, to renew our hearts for you, to reach the lost, and to renew this place inside and out. We're so grateful. And God, I thank you for each and every person that calls Meadow Park home, for those that are searching for a place to, to be part of community and to grow in their faith. God, we already give you thanks for the hundreds that will come in the years to come because of the faithful ministry here that will come to know you. We are so grateful. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
God has done some great things, has he not? God has done some great, great things, and we celebrate that today. Thanks for your time this morning. If you are new or newer here, we're so glad you chose to worship with us today and maybe got a little bit of a sense for who we are and what we are doing in this city and in this place. We invite all of you to stick around for our tailgate party. We've got food. We've got bounce houses. If you've got kids upstairs, go get them. They're going to be excited to get down there. We're going to have a great time for a little bit. Make sure you meet somebody and stop by one of those booths and see how God may want to use you in serving in those ways. And now let's go and do whatever it takes to help people do what? Experience life to the fullest in Christ. God bless you and let's have some fun.